Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is Monday, October 10th. And today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers, with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E. N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today is World Porridge Day. Now, is is porridge different than... Uh, oh my God, I'm just blanking on the oatmeal? other thing. Oatmeal, thank you. There we go. That's it right there, 100%. Uh, is, is porridge different than oatmeal? Are those two different things? I think so. I think, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I just I don't know, so I'm not sure what porridge is then, uh, and how it is different than oatmeal. Porridge. I'm looking at it here. Porridge almost looks like gravy. It almost looks like brown gravy you put on top of a uh, on top of biscuits. <laughs> That's what it lo- I know. It's not. I know it doesn't taste like that. But I'm looking at these pictures, and it looks like uh, porridge looks like the brown like brown gravy that you put on top of biscuits. Once again, I know it's not that. Let's see. Uh, Oatmeal is a type of porridge made from ground, rolled, or flattened oats. Porridge is a mixture of any grain, cereal, a legume, boiled in water, milk, or broth. So oatmeal is a form of porridge. Getting smarter this morning on the morning five. The more you know. (laughs) Knowing is half the battle. (laughs) Uh, Today is also National Angel Food Cake Day. I'm in. I love Angel's Food Cake. Billy, I think I'm going to surprise you and most people on this podcast. I am also a massive fan of Angel Food Cake. Really? Um, yeah, I love it because of how light it is. That's that's the main thing I hate about sugary treats is they're all so heavy. Like I, I just I don't know. Just I don't like the heaviness of them. Uh, I yeah. love Angel Food Cake because of how light and fluffy it is. I, I Angel Food Cake is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's oh. pretty daggum good. Yeah, yeah, with a little, uh, little like, uh, like cherry or fruit, you know, topping on top of angel oh, food I cake. Love strawberry on on angel mm-hmm. food cake. So good, dude. Uh, this weekend, Billy UGA beats Auburn forty-two to ten. They get back on their winning or winning dominant ways. They have won the past two weekends versus Kent State and Missouri, but they were not dominating wins. And honestly, they should have won by a lot more than they did. This weekend, they put those two games in the rearview mirror and absolutely stomped on the throats of the Auburn Tigers, winning by 32 points and regaining their number one ranking uh, in the AP poll. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that more if they're deserving or not of that number one ranking probably tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, but for now, they are number one in the AP. Georgia's defense held Auburn's offense to under 300 total yards and didn't allow a touchdown until late in the fourth quarter. Uh, we had a lot of rotational and second string players and everything coming in. Uh, and getting playing time. UGA's offensive line absolutely bulldozed their way through a beaten and battered, injured, hurt D-line for the Tigers. Georgia rushed for nearly 300 yards, and the team averaged seven and a half yards per carry. Uh, I don't I don't care what team you are. 
if you allow seven and a half yards per carry, you're going to lose and you're going to lose by a lot. Like, yep. that's you're almost allowing a first down per carry. <laughs> yep. Yeah, UGA looked really dominant. Well, they, I wouldn't say they looked incredibly dominant. Auburn's not a great football team. No. Um, and, but neither is Missouri. But we're, Neither is Kent State. We're talking SEC here, but so there's there's a little bit of a difference. There is a little bit of a bias to towards the strength of the SEC, but UGA needed this win more than more than anything, and uh, they get back to number one in the AP poll this week because of because of that dominant win. So um, that's exactly what you needed, and they, like I said, they looked pretty solid on in in all three phases yeah 1000 percent. they looked night and day difference from the teams that played kent state in missouri they looked like a you know once again i don't know if they're number one we'll argue that in a later you know later down the road this week uh but they looked like a uh, a playoff you know the team that you thought was coming into the season a, a great right. team lad mcconkey and brock bowers were once again stetson bennett's favorite targets as he completed seven passes to them for 93 yards uh, and UGA this this upcoming week has a practice game versus Vanderbilt this Saturday, so it should be. Dude, I don't know. You know, Vandy looked pretty solid this week. Dude, Vandy Vandy looks a little uh, yeah, a little feisty. Vandy did look a little feisty. I'll give them that, man. I was surprised to see um, to see their score and to see their game. Yeah, they looked uh, they looked feisty. I mean, they're three and three. Their their three wins have come against Hawaii, Elon, and Northern Illinois. Uh, they lost to Wake Forest. They had destroyed by Bama. I mean, but they, that old miss game, they lost 52 to 28. But at, at halftime, I think they were, I think they were leading at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say they were, they were leading at halftime. And then old miss just came out in the second half and bludgeoned them. But I want to say, I think it was like, I think they were leading. I think Vanderbilt was leading going into halftime. Um, so they're, they're a feisty crew, but UGA should have no problem with them, especially if old miss beat them 52 to 28. Right. Well, the Falcons uh, got a big, uh, big loss this weekend. Uh, they they fall to two and three after a twenty-one to fifteen loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks, um, and probably in this game had probably one of the worst officiating calls I've ever seen in my life. Like still to this day, I, I th- it's not even been twenty-four hours, and I'm still really irritated about it. It's certainly top five for me. Certainly top five. Yeah, it was. And if you guys haven't seen it, uh, we have it on our social media pages. Uh, basically, Grady Jarrett went in for it, and Grady Jarrett sacked Tom Brady and got called for roughing the passer. There, there was no roughing the passer. Um, it was a perfectly executed rugby style um, a safe tackle. Honestly, if you're a quarterback, I would think that is probably one of the safest ways to get sacked. Yeah, and, you know? and somebody somebody brought it up on social media and said, uh, so if that was roughing the passer, then what the hell happened to Tua? I, uh, I brought that up on our social media, and I posted it. Both, <laughs> both videos... Both videos are on, uh, I know they're on our Facebook. I'm not sure if they're on our Twitter. I know they're not on our Instagram, but they are on Facebook. And it's the it's the Tua tackle, and it's the Brady tackle. And they're the exact same. They're the exact same tackles, and Tua didn't get a flag, uh, and Tom Brady did, because Tom Brady is, I mean, it's 
This is just like a veteran pitcher or a veteran hitter in baseball getting a call that shouldn't go that way. Uh, and it could be a game-changing call. And uh, yeah, Brady got it yesterday, and it was it was one of the top five worst flags I've ever seen in any level of football. As it was, much it was, like- it, folks, it was right up there. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a local example. It was right up there and just as bad as the personal foul call on Robert McNeil a couple weeks ago versus Temple. It was just as bad as that. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 how egregious this roughing the passer call was. As much good as the Falcons' offensive line has built up over the past couple of weeks, they lost it on Sunday. Mariota was sacked five times and was running for his life, seemingly on every play, getting hit ten times during the game. Uh, Atlanta felt the loss of, of Cordero Patterson as the Falcons' led, uh, lead back only accounted for 79 total combined yards. Mariota added in 63 yards on the ground and did a nice job scrambling for his life because he needed it um there was he was running constantly um the falcons defense did well enough though i mean only allowing 21 points to tampa tom and and that was done in the first half essentially i I think they held him scoreless in the second didn't they Um, uh yeah i believe so i think um i don't think tampa bay scored anything in the second half they scored they scored eight they got eight in the third but that was it i mean they they made a lot of good halftime adjustments uh, they allowed 351 yards through the air, but helped Brady to do a 46.2 QBR, which is the second worst of his season, which is awesome. Um, and then the Falcons, as mentioned, fell to two and three, and they host the 49ers this week. Who are get any easier. really good? No, it doesn't. I mean, uh, the 49ers right now are—they're uh, looking like a really good team, really formidable team. But I mean, if, if you look at the. Uh, if you look at the Falcons' next four games, 49ers, playoff contenders and possibly Super Bowl contenders, Bengals coming off a of Super Bowl last year, they're at the Bengals, and then they're at home versus the Panthers, so that should be a win. Panthers are a dumpster fire. Uh, and then home versus the yeah, Chargers, who the Chargers are looking absolutely fantastic this year. So it's going to be a tough four-game stretch, but, man, if the Falcons can get a little bit figured out on offense, I know this weekend they didn't have Kyle Pitts or Cordero Patterson. Um, so if they can get a little bit figured out on offense, this defense is pretty good, man. I mean, this this defense is a lot better than last year's defense. And no doubt. The, the offense just has to do enough. You know, we're, we're not going to ask Mario to go out there and throw it 30 times and, and all this stuff. But uh, but if they can just be a little bit better, then just a little bit better. I mean, they beat the Browns and the Seahawks. So, you know, both of those teams are decent teams. Just just be a little bit. Just give me a little and bit I'm, more here of the offense. I'm going to sound the... Uh the alarm and say hey again i said it last week maybe it's time to start looking for desmond ritter i, I like that idea. yeah i i love that idea i mean right now you're two and three you're honestly still in the battle for a wild card i don't know if that's what the falcons front office wants but you're still in that battle so falcons still a decent team middle of the pack i said this before the season started the falcons aren't going to be as bad as a lot of people think they're going to be they have a lot of good pieces. I mean, they almost beat Tom Brady and and the referees and the Buccaneers yesterday without Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson, arguably their two best offensive players. So did they cover the spread? Was the spread? Yes, they did. Yeah, the spread was the spread got down to nine and a half before the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they covered it. Falcons are now five and zero oh against the spread this year. Yeah. So speaking of speaking of the spread, yeah, 
I went 3-0 on my locks of the week for the first Dude, time. You had, a, you had a great week. You had a great Ooh. week. I, I don't know. I went 0-2-1, I think. I got another, I got another push. Um, so I think that puts you ahead of me in wins, but not losses. So half like game. you're, I think you're a quarter game. You were a half. You would have been a half game. I don't know. I think you're like a quarter game. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out later. I was thinking about that this morning, and I'm like, I think he's a quarter game back or a quarter game ahead or something like that. So we'll have uh, we'll have all that stuff for you on Friday in the Incredible Pulp, um, softer and dollar segment. But yeah, three and zero. Oh, Billy went three and zero, oh, and my, uh, I, my I pick, had a good Saturday, good. and I had I just checked the San Francisco score, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, nailed it, three and nailed oh. it. Yeah, I picked the Mets to win game one, and not only did they not win game one, they didn't win the series. They got knocked out. Um, Padres are moving on. You hate to, to see the, it. You just hate it. You just, you know, 101 <laughs> wins, and you lose in the wild card round. You just you just hate it. You just hate it for those guys. Real good guys. Real good guys. Speaking of baseball, uh, Billy, the Braves versus the Phillies in LDS kicks off tomorrow at 1.07 p.m. and then Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. So uh, stupid. I love it. I know I know a lot of people don't love it, but I absolutely love the start times. I will be able to watch the entire game of both of these. Um, so I am a massive fan of both of these start times. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all times to be determined. Uh, big, big question. Who's going to pitch? Who? What's the rotation going to look like for Philly? They have burned Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola on Friday and Saturday, so you would assume neither one of those will pitch in this, uh, at least on Tuesday, but possibly not at all in Atlanta. I'd assume that we are probably going to see uh, Ranger Suarez or Kyle Gibson on the bump for Philly in games one and two, or some some uh, a sort of that, you know, some addition of that. Right. And then for the and then for the Braves, what's the Braves NLDS lineup going to be? I, I would do this. This is this is my NLDS rotation for me: Freed, Wright, Morton, and then Odorizzi or Strider if you need him. If you need that that fourth game, fourth and fifth game. Right. Yeah, I would definitely go Freed, Freed, uh, right, and then Morton for sure. Um, if Strider's available, get him late, like game four, if that, um, if we need it. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. I think Fried, Fried, Jesus, Fried? Freed. <laughs> Will we get the guy from Futurama pitching for us today? Ooh. Freed, uh, Wright, and Morton um, would be my top three for sure, and hopefully uh, we get. Hopefully our our starting lineup is okay and and is focused because we're going to need it against the Phillies. The Phillies. Hey, Ozzy's out for the playoffs, right? They didn't say he could be back for the playoffs. He's out for the playoffs. He's, he's out for at least the NLDS. Yes. Okay. Okay. So NLCS possibility of him coming back. Uh, there's a possibility, but it's okay. kind of faint. Hi- yeah. Highly unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Hey, we did it last year without Acuna. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we can do it this year without Ozzy. Um, and something, something that I want to bring up that I've been seeing all over social media and, and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of this. Uh, this goes back to the Falcons game. People talking about it being rigged or whatever. Folks, if it was rigged and Vegas had any hand in this, the Falcons would not have covered the spread. People don't bet the money line yep. in Vegas. It's it's not about who wins or loses in Vegas, honestly, with the NFL. It's about covering or not covering. If, 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 if Vegas had their hand in this, either A, they would have let the Falcons win the game, or B, they would have made the Falcons lose by more than nine, essentially ten. 
So this was uh, the, the NFL is rigged and Vegas had a hand in this narrative is uh, a little overplayed. That's that's not what what's happening here. If they, if, if they were, you know, if they if they'd have lost by 10 or if they would have won that game because of a bad penalty, then, you know, you might have an argument. But they they, they covered Falcons covered. So it's uh, not really that penalty didn't really have any effect on, on Vegas. All right, Bryce, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard, shall we? Let's do it. In high school football on Friday, Bowden beats Forest Park 47-7. Robert McNeil video game. 10-14 passing, 280 yards, two touchdowns, and rushed for an additional 43 on four carries. TJ Harvison rushed for 61 yards and two touchdowns on eight carries and caught two passes for 103 yards, 74 on a touchdown reception. Asher Christopher had three tackles for loss and two sacks. He was dominant he was on the off, that, off that dm yeah tj harrison 61 yards that seems low yep i i wonder if one of those handoffs that we saw might have been counted as a pass that's possible yeah that's the only thing i can think of because i can almost guarantee you tj harrison from my eyes from what i remember from friday night had quite a bit more than 61 yards but I, he you know if you say he has a 164 total yards then it's possible one or two of those rushes that we thought were rushers were actually counted as passes. Um, but right. uh, but I said this on Friday night, Billy. This just in. T.J. Harvison, good at football. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good guy. Yeah. Uh, Bremen beats Lafayette 41-14. to um, Moves them to 3-1 in region play. That's huge for them. Carrollton beats East Coweta 38-28. to Bryce Hicks continues to be probably the most underrated back in our area rushed for 183 yards two touchdowns on 31 carries and caught seven passes for 42 yards and a touchdown julian lewis went 22 of 32 passing for 215 yards and two tuds kelvin hill intercepted two passes one that was returned down to the two yard line setting up a score that made it 25 to 7 early in the second half and and yeah. I can't take I can't take credit for the Bryce Hicks underrated running back. Uh, our good friend Coach White has been preaching that ever since the preseason started, and ever since I heard him say it the first time, I I started noticing Bryce Hicks and his numbers and what he puts up and what he does for the Trojans and the fact that he gets zero rep around the state for what he does. He is a uh, you know the most underrated running back around our area for sure and possibly the entire state because what he does is is so intricate uh, and and so. I mean, the Carrollton offense relies on him a lot. I know Juju is a fantastic player, but yeah, that, that offense goes as Bryce Hicks goes. Sonoraville beats Central 35-34 to in double overtime. Central got the point after attempt blocked in second overtime, which is just absolute heartbreaker. <sighs> yeah. Harrison County fell to Rock March, uh 56 to nothing. Heard County beat Crawford County 41-22. Mount Zion fell to Mount... Vernon 27 to 14 and then Villarica beat Chapel Hill 21 to 6. They needed that win so bad. What what's and your biggest prize score for Friday night in your opinion? Villarica. Villarica yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. Yep, 1000% on the same on the same boat, on the same train as you are. Considering what you and I have talked we talked about this on the post game show. Considering where the coaches were on Wednesday, considering where the roster was on Wednesday. Um yeah, I that's mine. That's yep. my biggest one. Yeah, I talked to um, – I actually saw uh, Will Wallace uh, at the rec games on Saturday morning, talked to him a little bit about the game. 
on Friday night and everything. And he sort of echoed the exact same thing that Timbo said. You know, we were just, we were sick. We had a, we had an entire team of six kids, sick kids. Some of them played, some of them didn't play. You know, some of them could only play a quarter and had to come off and, you know, almost get an IV. Not really, but, you know, come back and rehydrate. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on the boat that the Villarica Chapel Hill was probably the most surprising score of the weekend. In soccer over the weekend, Atlanta United fell to New York's or NYCFC, they fall two to one. Um, that is the final game of the season. Thank They'll God. kick back off back in February. I, I don't know, but I hope they kick back off with no Boca. Uh, hope it, hope Boca's out, and I think we keep Pineda. Um, and the Joseph Instagram post seemed hopeful for next year, so we'll see what shakes out. But this uh, this entire team needs a refresh, almost. Uh, you know, we, yeah. the president's already gone. I think Boca needs to go. I'd like to keep Pineda, but if a new president and new GM come in, then I understand why they want to bring in a new manager. Um, you know, we, we sort of need to start from, from scratch with the front office. I think the squad is okay. Add in one or two players here or there. I think the squad is all right. It's talented enough. I just think we need to figure out how to play with them. So, yeah, it's, it's over for now, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what shakes out over winter. On the uh, NBA the association the hawks beat the bucks 118 to 109 trey young 31 points six assists and the rebound hunter 21 points one rebound one assist let's go let's go that's two and oh in preseason they're looking pretty solid both um, against the bucks too yeah they're and they're playing good basketball um mm-hmm. together yeah. which is awesome two in more two more preseason and then we got uh we got regular season two more preseason yeah and then we'll do a hawks uh vault as well so uh, in volleyball, Villarica wins the Region 5-5A title. Congratulations, ladies, to uh, Bianca Helton and company over in Villarica. They're doing a great job. And then uh, Temple is area champions as well in volleyball. So congratulations. All right. I, Billy, I think we say this every single podcast. We have, we're spoiled, man. We have some of the best uh, girls athletics in the state of Georgia for high school. I mean, it just every yep. single sport, basketball, volleyball, softball, <laughs> soccer. I mean, it, it's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, shoot, even even cheerleading and gymnastics, we have some uh, we have some state champions. And uh, flag football, didn't Bremen go to the flag football state championship? I think this year. Uh, n- no, not Bremen. Uh, Central it? Central went uh, pretty far into the playoffs. Okay, okay. I remember we had one of them that went pretty far. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. we we got the best women's athletics in high school for uh for georgia in my opinion in our area there's no doubt and then uh on the stuff that games and events calendar for tonight softball bowden is at trying at 5 30 and that is your stumpy games and events calendar billy you need another cup of coffee this morning i need a cup of coffee brother <laughs> let's do it another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor hannah strawn with robert goolsby real estate group Padres eliminate the Mets, secure the NLDS date with the rival Dodgers. You just, man, you just hate, you just, your heart goes out you to hate the Mets, to see the Mets it. fans, don't you? It's just awful. You hate to see it. You know, in, in May, they were 10 and a half point, or 10 and a half games ahead of the Braves. They were winning the NL East. Everything was going good. And everything in a matter of one week just collapses. The Mets get swept by the Braves, lose the NLD or lose the uh, NL East, and then get knocked out in the wild card round. Everything you thought you built up was a house of glass, and the Padres came in 
throwing rocks and destroying it. So uh, have a fun offseason, Mets. I haven't checked to see. And uh, do we need to put uh, our buddy Sal Licata on uh, suicide watch at this point? You know, maybe him and somebody else I didn't think of till right now. Our good friend Kyle Sandy. Uh, oh. We should we should we should reach out to Kyle Sandy and make sure he's doing okay. We uh we certainly don't want his mind anywhere else. But on basketball, basketball season is about to start for high school in Georgia. And listen, folks, Kyle Sandy, the one stop shop for high school basketball in Georgia. He is by far the best person to follow and get analysis from. The only, the only mark against him, though, he is a Mets fan. So uh, we'll check in on him today. We'll make some show, social media posts and make sure our good friend Kyle Sandy's doing all right after the Mets got got knocked out. You know, not to, not to poke a bear or anything. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett calls out low hit after loss. Uh, felt like he went after my knee. Billy, did you see this hit? No, I missed it. It was 1,000% a dirty hit. Kenny Pickett got up and started swinging. Um, <laughs> I forget who it was, who did the hit, but it was a thousand percent a low hit, right at his knees, right at his shins. Uh, it was a it was a hit that should have been. I don't I don't remember if it was flagged or not. I didn't see that much of the video, um, but it was a low hit. It was a dirty hit, and as soon as they got up, uh, Kenny Pickett, they got up got up swinging. He looked like he was getting up as an O lineman, not a quarterback. And I think uh, all of Yenzer yeah. Nation just became an even bigger Kenny Pickett fan after after that. They did lose. They got the crap beat out of them. But, um, yeah, Kenny Pickett might be a Yenzer quarterback for life after that. Tampa Bay uh, Lightning suspend Ian Cole pending investigation and allegations of sexual abuse. It's not exactly what uh, the, two, well, the two-time Stanley Cup champion recently and, and actually two-time Stanley or three-time Stanley Cup uh a final a participant needs on their team right now. So yeah, I understand the suspension for sure. Two time, two time, two time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when does the when does the NHL regular season start? That's this week. Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Is it this Tuesday? Uh, yeah, I think Wednesday right. is our first game, which is uh, Colorado versus the Blackhawks so so I promised everybody that I will be picking a team this NHL season I will announce it tomorrow morning on the podcast what NHL team I will be I will be cheering for um, and this is this is the God's honest truth guys Bryce hasn't even told me like yeah. and normally, Billy, do, Billy normally doesn't even know told me. <laughs> Bryce hasn't told me anything Billy doesn't know because Bryce hasn't figured it out yet either so that could be reasons <laughs> <laughs> why I haven't said anything <laughs> You better get uh, on it. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it today. I, I, I have a couple in mind. I have a couple in mind, so I'm going to research and, and figure out which one I want uh, the most. Uh, Sean McVay, Billy says uh, the Rams on their on their struggles. Matt Stafford needs some help, and uh, you know there's a wide receiver out there that played with Matt Stafford that's not on a team currently that is looking yeah. to be picked up. OBJ. Uh, OBJ. Yeah. OBJ. Yeah. Dallas. Dallas made the Rams look pedestrian yesterday. Dallas is a good yeah, team. Man. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas is a really good team. Yeah, you Dallas have to be happy with it. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not happy with the talk in the Packers locker room. Uh, so this report came out yesterday. Aaron Rodgers heard the talk even before some relayed that the Green Bay Packers cornerback Jair Alexander was saying some, I don't know, not taking the game as seriously as he should. 
I guess Jair Alexander said in the locker room after the Jets lost, uh, or after the Packers lost to the Giants, excuse me, uh, I ain't worried, but if we lose next week, then I'll be worried, Alexander said, referring to Sunday's game against the New York Jets at Lambeau. But it's a new situation for everybody, new circumstances, sleep patterns. It's a whole adjustment here in London. So Jair Alexander's comments were about going over to London and having a, a defensive collapse to the Giants over in London. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't like it. He said, frankly, I don't like all this conversation about losing next week. Rodgers said, I am a firm believer in the power of words and manifestation. And if we get ourselves into thinking about losing because of the talk, then that is what's going to happen next week. Jaw's my guy, but we don't need to be talking like that. Yeah. So Aaron, Aaron Rodgers being a leader, I don't mind that at all. Don't mind that nope. at all. He's not at you all. know the the veteran, the singer guy in the in the locker room. That's what you're supposed to do. Don't mind that one bit. Uh, Billion today in 1957 in the baseball World Series, the Milwaukee Braves beat the New York Yankees five to nothing at Yankee Stadium to clinch a four games to three series victory. MVP uh, was the Braves pitcher Lou Burdett, who went three and zero in the series. Hank was pretty. Hank was pretty pivotal in that series as well, if I'm not mistaken. In nineteen fifty seven, that'd have been close to his rookie year, right? Well, uh, I'm pretty sure he won. He was a part of it. I think. I think you're right. Um, let's see. I don't remember when his rookie year was. I, I know he was on that team. Fifty four. Fifty four was his. Um, was Hank Aaron's rookie year? Yeah, I think he had a pretty big, pretty big role in that '57 uh, World Series. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. You got anything else to add in today, man? Nope. Awesome. Let's get out of here on a Monday. Start your week off right, and we will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. Shake your neighbors. <laughs>